Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. Have you ever noticed how a calm mind can really set the stage for a good night's sleep? That's the idea behind our new podcast, Good Sleep. Greg, our host from Optimal Relationships Daily, is here to help ease you into a peaceful night's rest with some positive affirmations. And these affirmations aren't just comforting, they can help ease anxiety and nurture positive thoughts, setting you up for true good sleep. So, press play on good sleep tonight because a good tomorrow starts with a good night's sleep. Just search for good sleep in your podcast app and be sure to pick the one from Optimal Living Daily. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1003. Beginner question, should I bulk or cut? Part two by JC Dean of jcdfitness.com. And I'm your narrator, Dr. Neil. Hey there, and welcome back to Optimal Health Daily, where I simply read to you from the best health and fitness blogs for free. I cover fitness, nutrition, stress management, weight management, and lots more, just like an audiobook, but from a bunch of different authors, and always with permission from the sites. Now, today is Wednesday, which means, like I do every Wednesday, I want to share a little bit of inspiration. So here we go. Quote, Never say, I could have done that, when you didn't. Kareem Rashid. Now, today's post is part two from yesterday. So if you're new here or skipping around, I recommend listening to yesterday's episode first. That's episode 1002. But if you're all caught up, I'm going to keep this intro nice and short. So let's jump right in hear part two, and continue optimizing your life. Beginner question, should I bulk or cut? Part two by JC Dean of jcdfitness.com. Training age. While I referenced underweight male teens earlier, there are other confounders. You see, even though large surplus, aka bulking, can be beneficial for some, it's not the magic bullet by any means. What about those who've blasted past the initial weight gain of 15 to 20 pounds? Is an all-out bulk the answer for everyone? Uh, Probably not. According to some researchers, the rates of muscle gain will come to a halt after the first few years. To make it easy, one model suggests that you could potentially gain 30 to 37 pounds of muscle in the first two years, assuming the variables like training, diet, rest, and recovery are optimal. That's a lot of lean tissue one could add to their frame in such a short time. Now, the body will use ingested energy for a few purposes, those being to repair and store for later use. And here's the downside. Once recovery needs are met, the excess is stored. I think we can easily see how as one progresses, less of a surplus is going to be needed. 
it only makes sense as one nears their genetic limits. If they don't require less food overall, they will require less of a surplus when aiming for strength and size increases. So a general rule is this. As one progresses, large surpluses are no longer needed and will become more detrimental than beneficial if maintaining a certain look is important to you. Give me a formula. Frankly, there are no clear-cut answers, and I'm sorry if you were looking for a specific formula. However, there are a few ways to solving this riddle for yourself, and I'd like to spur you in the right direction. Let's split up the general aesthetic-focused community into three segments. Rank beginners, intermediates, and advanced trainees. Let's start with the beginners. If you're brand new to weight training and you'd like to gain some muscle mass, there are generally two options I'd recommend. Utilize a moderate surplus with a heavy focus on making protein requirements. With this approach, you will know your maintenance intake and aim to eat 400 to 600 calories over it daily. Your protein intake should be around one gram per pound of body weight and then just fill in the rest with the energy intake of your choice. Some folks recommend an intake of 0.4 to 0.5 grams per pound of body weight for fat intake. Others recommend 15 to 20% of the total daily caloric intake. Frankly, I don't care too much as long as you're eating enough, getting your protein, getting essential fatty acids like fish oils, and the majority of your diet consists of whole foods, such as fruit, veggies, dairy, eggs, and meat. Another plan of attack is to take a more relaxed approach without counting every single calorie. With most beginners, but not all, a recomp effect will occur in which they'll burn fat and build some strength and muscle simultaneously. If you take this second approach, do three things. One, ensure adequate protein intake. Two, focus on whole foods, eating well around training. And three, monitor your weight gain or loss and adjust your eating habits to ensure you're not losing weight. The intermediates. Oh, the joyous place you're at. You're finally past the beginner phase and actually look like you work out, but are still in search of more muscle and more strength. The downside is the newbie gains are gone forever. Gone are the days in which you can stuff your face to your heart's content without a week's worth of butt jiggle. So an all-out bulk of 500 or more calories over maintenance each day is probably not in your best interest. In fact, I believe a very solid approach here is the target body weight method Daniel Roberts wrote about. Basically, if you set a reasonable goal of adding five to 10 pounds of muscle over the next year, it's definitely doable according to the model for mass gain. In short, it looks like this. Set a reasonable goal. Gain 10 pounds over 10 to 12 months. Then set a calorie intake for what you wish to weigh. If you're extremely active and you can maintain on 18 calories per pound and you weigh 180 pounds, that's a maintenance intake of 3,240 calories. If your goal is to weigh 190 pounds at a similar body composition by the year's end, 190 times 18 calories per pound equals 3,420 calories. Now, how you divvy this up over your training and rest days is up to you. I personally put more of the calories around my training and eat a little bit less on the off days, but that's a personal preference and no one says you have to do it this way. Just don't make drastic swings in your intake. For instance, don't consume 5,000 calories on your training days and 1,500 calories on your off days. I know that seems extreme, but it's been done and in my view, it's just not practical. And a quick note, I always place more calories around training and eat a bit less on off days. This way, I can take advantage of the partitioning effects a solid workout can yield. This may also help keep fat gain at bay for those who strive for more leaner gains. And finally, advanced trainees. 
Now things have come to a screeching halt. Training is becoming very taxing, but you look awesome and everyone stares at you in jealousy. The traditional bulking and cutting cycles are completely out at this stage of the game. Unless, of course, you're taking anabolics. If that's the case, then the rules change because your muscular ceiling will only be limited by the amount of drugs you can manage to withstand or afford. Looking back at the model I mentioned, the most muscle one is able to gain in a year is anywhere from two to three pounds per month or slightly more depending on genetics. But for the most part, there's not much more room for a natural. Therefore, if muscle gain is the goal here, I place my focus on strength first and at maintaining body weight second. Adding an extra shake or a few bites of ice cream on your training days will probably suffice in terms of the small or smaller surplus one would need. Another option may be to use intermittent fasting to optimize the accrual of lean body mass while maintaining a lean physique. Closing thoughts. If you're a beginner and have an explicit goal of building a lot of muscle mass, I would place your focus on ensuring your dietary needs are met and then some. The gains to be had by a young male who trains sensibly and eats enough are beyond incredible. Plus, you won't always have the naturally high levels of testosterone you have now, so it makes sense to take advantage of the naturally elevated hormone levels. I'd say for most young beginners, it's perfectly okay to focus on adding weight to their frame in increments of 0.5 to 1 pound per week for a good while. Plenty of food plus weight training will yield very positive effects. However, a bulk in this sense shouldn't mean you eat everything in sight, but simply a very well-rounded, wholesome intake that meets and exceeds expenditure. On another note, if said beginner is fairly overweight, utilizing a maintenance approach with decent pre- and post-workout nutrition is a better option to prevent excess fat gain. One more scenario where I think bulking is fairly practical is in the sport of powerlifting. Most powerlifters aren't too worried about their aesthetics. In this sport, the most important objectives are moving the most weight and making weigh-ins for their competitive meets. If you're a bit self-conscious about being skinny fat, dieting down to see your abs first is probably not in your best interest. I'd rather see this person focus on eating well, getting stronger, and letting the magical recomp effects of being a newbie have their way with you. For the beginner who may not be a spring chicken any longer, one might benefit from a less aggressive approach where the proposed surplus is smaller, like 200 to 300 calories daily, until they reach intermediate status. Then they could utilize a cyclical diet with plenty of nutrients around workouts. If you're further along and like to maintain a certain level of leanness year-round, then a consistent dose of excess calories is probably not on the menu for you, and you're likely better suited for a long-term cyclical approach in which the diet is optimized for muscle gains while keeping body fat in check. Just remember, gains will be much slower than when plenty of calories are available. You just listened to part two of the post titled Beginner Question, Should I Bulk or Cut? by JC Dean of jcdfitness.com. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit 
to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. JC made a really important point. He said that on days you train, it may be good to eat a bit more, and on off days, eat a bit less. This was not something I did. If you remember from my commentary yesterday, I would just eat, and I was in the intermediate level when I started doing that. That led to my waist ballooning from 28 inches to 36 inches in no time. In fact, researchers are finding that those that exercise regularly are better able to manage their daily caloric intake. It seems that they naturally eat more on the days they work out and less on their off days. We're not quite sure why this happens, but it's interesting nonetheless. And so at some point, if you stick to your training, you may not need to even focus too much on counting your calories and making sure you're getting enough food. It's because your body will sort of adapt on its own. Pretty amazing. And as I mentioned yesterday, how you train can make a difference as well. As JC mentioned, if you're trying to add mass to your frame, lifting heavy weights may be the way to go. For me, that was my main focus, but I never mixed up my routine. I didn't add in any days where I just performed cardio or high-intensity training. I just focused on adding mass by lifting heavy and eating a lot. And unfortunately, those things did not help me achieve the physique I wanted. Instead, I ended up way overshooting my body weight goals. So if you wanna begin this journey of bulking up or cutting, be careful. You may not actually need to make dramatic changes to your lifestyle. If you do, you may end up overshooting your goals and playing catch up later, like me. And don't just focus on one aspect of this goal. Look at your eating patterns and the way you're training. Be sure both incorporate plenty of variety. All right, that'll do it from me for today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening every day. Thank you for sharing this show with someone. I hope you're having a wonderful week and staying safe and well. And I'll see you back here tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.